0: Let's just see what we can learn from the Lord here. Oh, uh, uh, okay. Get the coffee going there too. Okay. Oh, uh, I, I just love to point this out. I mean, it's just so great that our Bible is historic, and, and I'm glad that you know we're smart enough to think. Oh, the Lord helps us, makes you think things through. You know, you know, you know. I found out. You know, they try to tell us that uh, you know we're in evolution, you know, uh, yeah, and it's called the Arctic bear. Remember that? Okay. Okay. So, well, problem with us coming from monkeys, see monkeys have these two things, hands on their feet. <laughs> it's it's going to be hard to transition, you know. And, uh, but anyway, the Arctic bear, the Arctic bear has got a foot like you and I got. The closest thing to a human foot is a bear, you know, not the regular bear tracks, but the Arctic bear. They don't want to tell you that because they show this stupid tree how we all came from No, we didn't. They didn't. And all that's been ruled out. It's all been debunked. But people go on because they don't want to. God left them alone. Remember in Romans, Paul wrote and says God left them alone. Do whatever they want to do. They said they came from apes. They came from apes. How stupid. You know, they they worship the creation instead of the creator. But we know better. But all this is a history timeline from here all the way to here. And I I want to go to Matthew just a moment here. And let me see if I can hit it. I'm pretty sure I can't. Matthew chapter 19. Yeah, it's something Jesus said about divorce. We're not going to talk about divorce because God got divorced in the Old Testament. So yeah. go look it up. I'll give you some hints. Isaiah 50. Can you remember that? 50. Yeah. Jeremiah 3. Can you see that? you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, you'll find out. Okay. Don't you read the scriptures? Boy, that's... Oh, wait a minute. It depends on what script... Yeah. It, it, it's history. Look what he says. In them it is written that at the beginning, so Jesus just called Genesis scripture, and he said that was the beginning. He created man and woman. Wow. Okay. He did the creating. Let's go over to, uh, let's do this. Let's go to John just a moment. Look at John chapter 1. Before anything else existed, there was Christ. Wow. He's always been alive and is himself God. Look at that. He created everything. There he is and nothing exists that he didn't make. Wow. Let me skip just a little bit. Uh, Look at that. Although he made the worlds, verse 10, the world didn't recognize him. Let me jump ahead to something else here. I think it is in the eighth chapter. Let me look. I'm pretty sure it is here. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus is talking to, not to just people here. I mean, it's people, but it, these are the religious people that they wanted to kill him. Notice what they said in John chapter 8, verse 39. Our father's Abraham, they declared. No, Jesus replied. If you worry, you would follow his good example. Now, remember where Abraham is? Genesis. In the 12th, actually the 11th chapter. You got 50 chapters to go. I mean, 50 total. And by the 11th chapter, we're hearing from Jesus talking about Abraham. He said, instead, you're trying to kill me, all because I told you the truth I heard from God. Abraham wouldn't do a thing like that. Now, notice what he says here. Remember, Jesus, we already found out he created the world. Let's skip down a little bit more. Uh, I'm going to go down here to uh, verse 48. They got so mad at Jesus, they called him a Samaritan. Remember the kingdom split, the SEC? Samaria was the capital. of. Okay, that's the reason they were going, you Samaritan, you foreigner, you devil the Jewish leader snarled. Didn't we say all along you were possessed by a demon? Now you gotta remember, Jesus can't help but tell them before anybody else was around, I was here. They were furious. I have no demon in me, for I honor my father and you dishonor me. And though I have no wish to make myself great, God wants this for me and judges those who reject me. With all the earnestness I tell you this, no one who obeys me shall ever die. Oh, that, they were just choking on that. Look at that. The leaders of the Jews, verse 52. Now we know you're possessed by a demon. Even the Abraham and the mightiest of prophets died. See, they didn't get it that this is God standing in front of them. And yet you say obey and you will keep a man from dying. So you are greater than our father Abraham. Remember the book of Genesis. Jesus called it scripture. Are you greater than the prophets who died? Who do you think you are? Boy, can you imagine? They they asked, so he's going to tell them. If I am merely boasting about myself, it doesn't count. But it's my father, and you claim him as your God, who is saying these glorious things about me. But if you don't even know him, no, excuse me, but you don't even know him. I do. If I said otherwise, I would be a liar like you. Look what he's fixing to say. But it's true, I know him and fully obey him. Look at this. Your father Abraham, look at that. Rejoice to see my day. Now, remember, Abraham's dead. Wait a minute. Jesus already told that group that believed, well, if so and so married and he died and his his brother winds up marrying his widow and the next brother, next brother, next brother, all seven of them, Jesus says, You do greatly err, not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. Remember, when God spoke to Abraham, he said, I am the God of Abraham. Isaac and Jacob. I am. He's still there. They're still living somewhere. We're all going to pass away someday. But it's just a good word. We're going to pass out of here and go somewhere else. We're still living. This body's going to go away. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. That means he's watching. He knew I was coming and was glad. The Jewish leaders said, you aren't even 50 years old. Sure, you've seen Abraham. Look at that statement. Boy, liar, liar, pants on fire. No, it had to be true. The absolute truth is that I was in existence before Abraham was born. Boy, look what they said about that. They said, let's kill him. At that point, the Jewish leaders picked up stones to kill him. But Jesus was hidden from them and walked past them, you know, into the temple. Man, they couldn't touch him. They couldn't touch him until, you know, I want to show you where they touched him. Watch this. This is so good. This book of John is so fast. I challenge you to try to read it in just a few days, drinking coffee in the morning. Just live, you'll, you'll get right through it. Watch this. See, so they couldn't get him. Look, here's where they got him. After saying these things, Jesus crossed the Kidron Ravine with his disciples over into the grove of olive trees. Judas, the betrayer, knew the place, for Jesus had gone there many times. The chief priests and the Pharisees had given Judas a squad of soldiers and police to accompany him. Now, with blazing torches and lanterns and weapons, they arrived in the olive grove. Oh, here they come to get him. Jesus fully realized what was going to happen to him. Look what he does. Now, if you and I didn't know anything about Jesus, we wouldn't get this. We'd just say, I don't know. But we do. Watch what happens here. Stepping forward to meet them, he asked, who are you looking for? That means Jesus came up. Jesus of Nazareth. I am he. Look at this. Fable we're reading here. No, it's not a fable. And as he said it, they all fell back. Why'd they fall back? Remember who he is? He's the Lord. He was in existence. He created everything. And so he goes, oh, I am He it blew them all away. Once more, he said, who are you searching for? And they replied, Jesus of Nazareth. Now remember, John wrote this. He was watching. He saw it. I told you I'm he, and since I'm the one you're after, look what he, look, do you see protection here? Let these others go. I tell you, Jesus wants you safe. He wants you protected, just like you are about your kids. Look at this. He did this to carry out the prophecy that he had just made. Look at that. I have not lost a single one of those you gave me. Well, Simon pulled out his sword. Slashed off the right ear of Malchus, the high priest. Jesus said to him, put away your sword. Shall I not drink from the cup that the Father has given me? See, Peter still didn't get it. See, Jesus was giving himself up. Say, okay, come get me. I'm the lamb. So the Jewish police and the soldiers and their lieutenants arrested Jesus. And they tied him. And they first took him to Ananias. Anyway, they took him to Ananias. But anyway, uh, it wasn't here. It was probably Luke or something. Let me... Let me look at Luke just a moment, same incident. These are all, it's just a perfect historical timeline. Let me, let's see if it's right here. Oh, let's see, they got him, they got him, they got him, they got him. Uh, Right here, the end of 22, let's go to 22. Oh. There you go. Look at this. Okay. So when they came and got him with clubs and torches. Okay. He said, am I a robber that you've come with armed swords and clubs to get me? Why didn't you? Look at this. Why didn't you get me when I was in the temple? That's because his time wasn't ready. He said, y'all can't, you're not getting me right now. I was there every day, but this is your moment. The time when Satan's power reigns supreme. Just for a little while. Anyway, praise the Lord. Now, Let's go over here to the book of Psalms here. I want to hit something here in uh, 27. This is written by someone we know, David. All through the scriptures, I mean, from David, we'll just say 1 Samuel, this way, all the way to Revelation. David, 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 David. The blind people were even saying, son of David, have mercy on me. They told Jesus. Jesus was the son of David. Okay. Notice what David writes. This is a song... The Bible calls them scripture. Jesus calls it scripture. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Look at that. He protects me from danger. Whom shall I fear? Just like we saw the Lord the night that he was taken. Let the others go free. When evil men come to destroy me, they will stumble and fall. Yes, though a mighty army. Now remember, this is David. And he became king. And remember where he was before he became king? He was just a kid. He'd already killed a lion and a bear, we know. And then he goes after this huge guy, nine foot tall, probably ten Goliath. Anyway, yes, though a mighty army marches against me, my heart shall know no fear. I'm confident that the Lord, I mean, that God will save me. Now, that throws a lot of Baptists out right there, and Methodists too, that are believing, well, you never know if God's going to help you. David just said, he will help me. It's like tomorrow when I get on an airplane, he will help me, you know. My flight's going to be blessed. When you think about it, we've got more of a possibility of not making it home than we would statistically in an airplane. It's dangerous out there on that road. We're getting used to it, but we're all going to be all right. The Lord keeps us safe. As I couldn't believe it the other day. I just, I just looked up, and I didn't go. I thought, I should have gone a second ago. And all of a sudden, this car didn't even pay attention to the red light on their side. It went right through. And I just thought, praise God. I didn't even pay attention to that. If I had gone, they would have either hit their brakes hard, we probably would have had a slow impact, whatever. Mm, Just praise the Lord. Anyway, one thing I want from God, the thing I seek most of all, is the privilege of meditating in his temple, living in his presence every day of my life, delighting in his incomparable perfections and glory. Oh, and by the way, I want to add, David was a pastor, wasn't he? He was a man of the cloth. (laughs) No, he wasn't. El Presidente, except it was king. He ran an entire country and actually ran the entire known world just about by the time he got to the end of his life. His son certainly did, Solomon. He's talking about the greatest thing he wants. Yeah, this is a hint on why he knew no matter who's coming against me, I'm going to be all right. So there I'll be. Look at that. Look at verse 5. There I'll be when trouble comes. He didn't say when the church bells ring. No. I will be right here when trouble comes. I cannot believe it. I heard, when I started, I, the Bible to me was like a candy store. I couldn't believe all the good things that were in there. And all of a sudden, somebody tapped me on the shoulder. Uh, the things you read in the book of Psalms, they're, they're not for us today. Oh, pfft. Who God writes a book that's not a, that doesn't work? It's ridiculous. He will hide me. He will set me on a high rock out of reach of my enemies. And if you ever played King of the Hill, you know that. King of the Hill, buddy, you got momentum behind you because you're up top. They're trying to come up. You know how that goes. Then I'll bring him sacrifices and sing praises with much joy. I've got to go to church. Well, if you go into that kind of church, go to another one. It's supposed to be some singing and shouting and everybody having a good time. Now, look what he says listen to my pleading. Wait a minute. I thought everything was rosy, and no. He was talking about historically this is what I do. Lord, you're always there. And now he says, listen to my pleading. Lord, be merciful and send the help I need. You know what you can do when you're going through trouble? You can do it, just, on, just flip through the book of Psalms and just take one of them. And just say it out loud. Anyway, be merciful and send the help I need. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. Look at that, oh, my people. Now he's just opened it up saying this is for everybody, of course. And my heart responds, Lord, I'm coming. Look at this, do not hide yourself when I'm trying to find you. Now look at that. Do not angrily reject your servant. Yeah, but if you're perfect, he thinks you're, no, we're not perfect. Mm Mm-mm. You have been my help, look at this, in all my trials before, don't leave me now. Now, why would he think, because we've all made mistakes. And David's just saying, don't leave me now, don't leave me now. Don't forsake me, O God of mine. He's not talking about going to heaven. There's nothing about heaven in there so far, other than he said, you know, my desire is to be in your temple. Well, actually, he said, I'll be there when trouble comes. For, look at this. Here's that great scripture. Do you see it? This is the living Bible. that says the same thing. When father and mother forsake me, the Lord will pick me up. Here it is. For if my father and mother should abandon me. Well, you're toast there. No. You would welcome and comfort me. Look at this. Tell me what to do, O Lord. I love this. And make it plain. In other words, I don't want to have to go to some somebody. Well, the Lord's trying to tell you this. I, come on. Mate, I got to be able to tell what to do. Tell me what to do. Make it plain because I'm surrounded. Look at that. Surrounded by waiting enemies. Look at that. Don't let them get me. Don't let me fall into their hands. For they accuse me of things I never did. And all the while they're plotting cruelty. I am expecting the Lord to rescue me. Look at this phrase. Again. This is over and over again. Isn't it? So that once again I will see his goodness to me here. Look at this. In the land of the living. Now, he's telling everybody this. Don't be impatient. Wait for the Lord, and he'll come and save you. Now, he doesn't mean, well, it's getting late here. I'm waiting. No. Lord, I'm waiting on you. I have no other help but you. I mean, David's wasting a lot of time here when he better get his army together. He knew the Lord's going to help him. Wait for the Lord. Look at that. He will come and save you. So how you do it? Be brave. Stout hearted. I'm not moving. Jesus, you're my help. Be courageous. Yes, wait, and he will help you. That's Psalm 27. The great one that starts out, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Now, multiple ones in Psalms, they're all just like that. But let's go real quick. Let's go over here where David finally gets, shows up here. Uh, Chapter 16, let's fall down in here. Let's see. Uh, uh, Jesse, that's his dad. He sent for him. Remember, Samuel's a prophet saying, the Lord sent me down to your house. You got some sons here. And he went down the list and none of the sons of Jesse were the one. And Saul, I mean, Samuel's scratching his head going, you got anybody else? Well, we got one. Let me back up a second. We got one. He's, he's, he's way too young. You're not going to need him to be king, are you? See, look at this. The Lord's not chosen any of them. are these all there are? Well, there's the youngest, Jesse said, but he's out in the fields watching the sheep. <laughs> man, some people go off a deep end. Oh see, he's the shepherd. Oh please, you miss keep reading. Good grief. He was out there with the sheep, probably just got through running a wolf off. Send for him at once, Samuel said, but we're, we' look at that we're not going to sit down to eat until he arrives. <laughs> Jesse sent for him. He was a fine-looking boy, ruddy face. That meant he was so young, his face is just pink-looking. That's all it is. With pleasant eyes. Oh, brother. And the Lord says, this is the one. Annoying. He He's too young. What do you think David was up to? He already said he killed a bear, and he killed a lion. Actually, he said any type of bear or lion. It wasn't just one or two. And he knew the Lord. Wow. So David stood there among his brothers. Samuel took olive oil, brought it, and poured it on David's head. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he gave him great power from that that day forward, onward. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. Okay, The Spirit of the Lord had left Saul. That was the first king of Israel. Instead, the Lord had sent a tormenting spirit to fill him with depression and fear. If you go look at what Saul did, he was asking for it. Anyway, one of his aides, you know, presidential aides, you could say, We'll find a good harpist to play for you whenever the tormenting spirit bothers you, they said. The harp music will quiet you and soon you'll be well. All right, find me a harpist. Guess who they got? One of them saw a young fella in Bethlehem. Boom. The son of a man named Jesse, who was not only a talented a harp player. What did they know about him? Look at this. Handsome, brave, and strong, but was also handsome, brave, and strong, and good, solid judgment. Once more, he added, the Lord's with him. So Saul sent messengers to Jesse, asking that he send his son David, the shepherd. Jesse responded by sending not only David, but a young goat and a donkey carrying a load full of food and wine. From the instant he saw David, Saul admired him. Look at that, loved him. And David became his bodyguard. Do you remember later when Saul was chasing David, trying to kill him? David was saying, man, I love you. What are you doing this for? I'm not going to kill you. And Saul said, you're a better man than I am. All that was the protection of the Lord. Anyway, David, uh, excuse me. Saul wrote Jesse, hey, please let David join my staff. I'm very fond of him. And whenever the tormenting spirit from God was troubling Saul, David would play the harp. Look at that. Boy, he'd feel better. Wow. Wow. What's happening here? Now, we're going to cut the chase just a little bit here. But the Philistines... Now, notice how the, the timeline is. The Philistines were trying to beat the Israelites. They had their battle and they camped between this place and Judah and Ascalon, and whatever, Esdamon. Anyway, Saul countered with a buildup of forces in the Eli Valley. So the Philistines and Israel faced each other on opposite hills with a valley between them. This is 1 Samuel 17. Then Goliath, a Philistine, a champion from Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was a giant of a man, measuring, yeah, over nine feet tall. Man, I'm five foot ten, so he's got me by four more feet. Anyway, he wore a bronze helmet, a 200-pound coat of mail, bronze leggings, carried a bronze javelin, several inches thick, tipped, tipped with a 25-pound iron spearhead, And his armor bearer walked ahead of him with a huge seal. He stood out across the Israelis. And you know what he said, you know, I defy you. Let's have two people come out and fight, you know. And if I beat him, you'll you'll be our slaves. If I beat you, you beat me, then you'll be our slaves. You know, that was a lie. Scared everybody. Let's skip on down. Okay. Saul and the Israelis, verse 11, they were dismayed and frightened. David... The son of the aging Jesse, a member of the tribe of Judah, lived in Bethlehem, had seven brothers. We just noticed that. The, three of the oldest, there's three of them, Eliab, Abinadab, blah, 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 okay. Had already volunteered for the army, okay. David the youngest was on Saul's staff part-time. Hey, it's tracking, isn't it? Okay. He went back and forth, still helped out with those sheep. Now, look at the time frame. Forty days. Wow, a month and a half or so. Twice a day. That giant came out there. One day, Jesse said to David, Hey, take this bushel of roasted grain, these ten loaves, and take them to your brother. Give the cheese to the captain. See how your brothers are getting along. And tell them to write us a letter. (laughs) Wouldn't you mamas want that? Hey, send me a letter. Come on. Saul and the Israeli army were camped at the valley of Elah. So David left the sheep with another shepherd, took off early the next morning with the gifts. He arrived at the outskirts. Now remember, David doesn't know anything about Goliath. He arrived at the outskirts of the camp just as the Israeli army was leaving for the battlefield with shouts and battle cries. Soon the Israeli and Philistine forces stood facing each other, army against army. David left his luggage with a baggage officer and hurried out to the ranks to find his brothers. As he was talking with them, he saw Goliath the giant step out from the Philistine uh, troops and shout his little message. As soon as they saw him, look at this. Israel, man, they ran away. 25, have you seen the giant the soldiers were asking? He's insulted the entire army of Israel. And have you heard, slow up right here. Have you heard of the huge reward the king has offered to anyone who kills him? Here's the reward. The king will give him one of his daughters and his whole family, that's Jesse, will be exempted from paying taxes. David talked to some of those standing there to what? Verify the report. Notice what David says. How big is this guy? No, he never said that. He said, what What am I going to get? For killing this Philistine and ending the insults to Israel? Who is this heathen Philistine anyway? Who is he? Like the problems that come to drive you and I crazy. What is this in light of God created the heavens and the earth and he loves me so greatly? Anyway, that he should defy the living God. And he received the same reply. In other words, they said, well, here's what's going to happen. I'm at David's oldest brother. You can always count on getting persecuted. Richard, you're reading the Bible backwards. That's not true. No, it is true. If anybody's got it correct, we do. We read Psalm 27, which David wrote with his harp or whatever, blah, 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 blah. Here's the actions behind it. His brothers were angry. What are you doing here? What about those sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? Little kid. I know you cocky brat. (laughs) You just want to see the battle. Can you imagine David's going, what battle? Y'all are running away. Notice he says, what have I done? I was just asking the question. And he... Get away from your brothers. He walked over to some others and he asked the same thing. Boy, his heart was on either that girlfriend or that money. Whatever. Probably both. Uh, Probably the girlfriend. Yeah, it had to be. When it was finally realized what David meant, someone told King Saul. So what? Well, wait a minute. Everybody's running like crazy. But uh, somebody alerted the media that one guy says i got this look what he says to saul remember they're already they're already friends i play the organ for you remember that don't worry about a thing look at what a phrase notice david didn't say i I hope y'all pray for me look at this i'll take care of this philistine praise god Oh, well, Saul said, don't be ridiculous. How can a kid, remember that he's telling us who he is, fight with a man like him? You're just a boy. He's been in the army since he was a boy. David persisted. Now, didn't we, didn't we read that in Psalm uh, uh, 20, uh, 27? You know, be courageous. You know, and that other word they use, you know, don't give up. You're always going to have something in your historical background. Go, you know, Jesus has taken care of me here, here, here. He's going to fix this. When I was taking care of my father, no, when I am taking care of my father's sheep, he said, "And a lion or a bear comes." Sort of. So it wasn't just a one-time thing. And grabs a lamb out of the flock. I go. <laughs> I watched. I was, you know, they've killed the circus. Ringling Brothers don't even exist anymore. Take care of the elephant. Stupid. There's other circus. so I was googling circuses. Circuses, I found some more, and then I got intrigued with these little shows with these oh, these lions. They've got some girl in there, hardly wearing anything, you know, and she's got that whip. And these lions are as long as these church pews. I mean, God! And I used to tell my funny story watching Ringling Brothers, when that guy would walk by these tigers, he had the cats would come with their when that trainer would walk by, they would take that paw. And my cat does that to Chaz when he's walking in the door. His last foot, my cat will go, will grab it. Anyway, this girl was out there doing her stuff, whatever. And these lines are huge. And as she went by that first big line, he's huge. He went like that, you know. "Hmm, God. Yeah. Look at this. So I go after it with a club and take it from its mouth. Look at that. If it turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. Whoa. Praise the Lord. Look what he says. I've done this to both lions. There you go, Phil. See, if Phil had to go in there and chase that thing out of his truck, he'd have been all right. God. Look at this. And do it to lions and bears. And he says, I'll do it to this heathen Philistine. He wasn't the least bit scared. For he too has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who saved me from the claws, like we were talking about, and teeth of the lion and bear will save me from this Philistine. In your dreams, David? No. Isn't David saying this is, a, this is for everybody? Yeah. Boy, finally said, okay. Boy, don't you know he'd get sued. Nah, he knew. Saul picked up on it. He said, okay. And may the Lord be with you. Then Saul gave him, you know this story, gave him his clothes. Saul was, a head, remember Saul was a head higher than everybody else. He was a pretty tall guy. He gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet, coat of mail. David put it on. <laughs> you can imagine, strapped the sword in and everything. Took a, took a step or two to see what it was like. He'd never worn such things before. That's <laughs> a kid for you. I could hardly move. <laughs> so he took them off. Then he picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them in his shepherd's bag. I watched a cool little clip. Uh, you know, I like to, you know, I like military stuff and pistols and whatever. And of course the NRA is always under attack and they used a thing like this. And it was real funny. It had the picture, I seen it, that little Sunday school picture of big, big Goliath over here and David over here. And it said, David should not have a clip that holds five stones. <laughs> You know, trying to get after and say, so, who needs a 30-round clip? <laughs> David didn't need but one, you know, or whatnot. They, they were trying to take away his weapons. So here he goes. He picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them in his shepherd's bag and armed only with a shepherd's staff and a sling. Well, that's just what the reporters were saying. But what was he really armed with? The Lord. Yeah, look at that. He started across. To Goliath. Now we'll stop after this. But one story after another. This is is David's history line starting in 1 Samuel, goes all the way to 2 Samuel. And then you can read it again in 1 Chronicles, picks up in about the middle of it. Uh, And even, uh, yeah, 1 Chronicles through 2 Chronicles. Every place he gets out of trouble. Here's here's Goliath. Uh, No, here we go. Let's see. Goliath walked out toward David with his shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at this nice little red-cheeked boy. I mean, if I was Goliath, I'd have done that too. What are y'all doing? Caught him by surprise. But he didn't know until now. Am I a dog? Because he's thinking, little kitty coming out here? You come of me with a stick? Boy, he cursed David by the names of his gods. Well, that's not going to go over good. Come over here and I'll give your flesh. Now look at the words. I'll give your flesh to the wild animals. Okay, I'm going to kill you, little boy. Look what David says. I'll give you a hint. He doesn't say, I'm going to kill you. David's going to say, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill everybody in your whole army. (laughs) Hold on, Dave. Let's don't push the Lord. David shouted in reply. You come at me with a sword and a spear. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of the armies of heaven and of Israel, the very God whom you've defied. Boy, you're toast now. Oh, 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 oh. Look at that. Wonder when. Someday. No, he said today. I tell you, that, that's, that, that usually messes up most Christians right there. We're not bold enough to say today. You need to get on your prayers and say, Lord, I'm, it's been an hour. <laughs> Lord, I asked you an hour ago. Hold him to it. I need your help, Lord. Help me, Lord. Today, the Lord will conquer you. And I'll kill you, cut off your head. Then I'll give, look at that, the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals. And then he says and the whole world's going to know that there is a God in Israel. And Israel learned that the Lord doesn't depend on weapons to fulfill his plans. He works without regard to human means. He will give us to you. So in other words, you don't even think you've got enough weapons, don't worry about it. David, you kidding? David didn't have but a sling. Well, here it goes. As Goliath approached, David ran to meet him. Reaching into his shepherd's bag, he took out a stone and he hurled it from his sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in and the man fell uh, on his face to the ground. So David conquered the Philistine giant. It's not over. Watch this. With a sling and a stone. And since he didn't have a sword, he went over and took Goliath from his sheath and he killed him with it. So the stone didn't get him yet. Then he cut his head off. Now I'm a deer hunter. If you kill a big buck, what do you do? You keep that head. Watch this. David's going to hang on to his head. He's going to take it back to Saul standing there. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they turned and ran. Now, wait a minute. The deal was they just surrendered. No, they ran. They ran. See, it was a bunch of lies. Then Israel gave a great shout of triumph, and they rushed after the Philistines. Man, i tell you what. They didn't care who David was. They were thrilled. They chased after them as far as Gath to the gates of Ekron. The bodies of the dead, wounded Philistines were strewn all along the road to Sharem. The Israel army returned, and they plundered the deserted Philistine camp. Look at that. Later... He took his eight-point buck. Look at that! (laughs) You know that thing had to be big. He took Goliath's head to Jerusalem, but he stored his armor in his tent. As Saul watched David go out to fight Goliath, he asked Abner, that was his uncle, the general of his army. Abner, what sort of fellow family does this young family come from? Well, you know he's (laughs) because he's gonna give him one of his daughters. I don't really know, Abner said. We'll find out. Look what old David says right here. After David had killed Goliath, Abner brought him to Saul. Look at that. With the Philistine head still in his hand. (laughs) I mean, it ain't dried blood or nothing. This is nasty. Hey, tell me about your father, my boy. Well, David said his name's Jesse and we live in Bethlehem. (laughs) And guess what? The rest of it's all history. Where was Jesus born? Bethlehem. Anyway, Father, we just thank you for your word today. never changes. Praise the Lord. We are inspired always. Lord, if we're faced with any kind of trouble, let's suppose we're hurting in our bodies. Praise God, you'll take care of that. You created our bodies, every organ in it. You know how they were designed to function or whatever. You'll take care of us. Keep us well, Lord. Lord, if it's financial, well, you'll take care of that. Praise the Lord. You're the God of our prosperity. You'll fix us. And Lord, if it's just some other problem, say it was like a Goliath. It was just some, oh my goodness, whatever it is. We know you'll get us out of trouble. And Lord, that doesn't leave anything left but for us to just tell others about Jesus and uh, to tell them all the stories that happened to us. In Jesus' name, Amen. Praise the Lord. Hey, just in time, Dustin. Yeah, right, right in time for the prayer.